Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an in-depth study of the alien abduction phenomenon from the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. Many people fear sleeping at night. They might also feel anger and resentment toward those non-humans that they think are taking them. They might have memories of having these figures in their room at night and they awake and feel wiped out or ill after having an encounter. They might have remembered finding themselves on a table in a craft with these non-humans around them. This podcast is brought to you by Canada's decontamination specialists, Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners is committed to helping people when tragedy strikes. Their objective is to restore safety to an environment in the most professional and discreet manner possible. To contact Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners, visit crimescenecleaners.ca. Call 1-866-724-0800, 1-866-724-0800, or email them at info at crimescenecleaners.ca. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday and greetings from Athens. Kathleen Marden, the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, without question the most famous alien abductees in history, is here to talk about the alien abduction phenomenon and some advice on what to do if you suspect you've been taken. North and I arrived a Saturday in Athens and were staying at this great short stay furnished apartment called Spot Apart and it's just about 20 minutes from the Parthenon, which we visited this afternoon, and the National Archaeological Museum where we got to see the amazing Antikythera mechanism, this unbelievable 2,000-year-old computer. 115 years ago, divers found this hunk of bronze off a Greek island, and it changed our understanding of human history. Absolutely amazing to actually see it in person. And I'll have one more episode of this podcast uh, for you from Athens, and then Friday I'll be back in my little studio beneath the stairs. It's been 20 years since the publication of How to Defend Yourself Against Alien Abduction by Anne Druffel. This new book, Contact with Extraterrestrials, What to Do When You've Been Abducted, by UFO researcher Kathleen Martin, is the handbook for this generation. It's the essential reference guide for those who've experienced contact with non-human intelligent entities, families and friends of those experiencers, and anyone interested in alien abduction, contact and UFOs. Kathleen is a leading researcher of contact with non-human intelligence, an author and a lecturer. She's the director of experiencer research at MUFON and is an advisory board member and consultant to a research subcommittee for Edgar Mitchell's Free. She has co-authored three books with the late Stanton Friedman. Her latest book is once again, Extraterrestrial Contact, What to Do When You've Been Abducted. 
Kathleen Martin, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's great to be back with you. It's a pleasure to have you. Extraterrestrial contact. What to do when you've been abducted. First, let's try and wrap our head our heads around numbers if we can. I remember the Roper poll that came out almost 30 years ago now, 1991, I think. And uh, the estimation, the extrapolation, I guess, based on the, the, uh, the study group, was that perhaps as many as 4 million Americans at that time may have been abducted by aliens. What have we learned since the Roper poll? How many do you think? I think that the Roper poll was correct. And this is a worldwide phenomenon, and uh, I am the director of the Mutual UFO Network's director of, of experiencer, the experiencer research team. And, uh, boy, we receive up to 150 reports each month from individuals who are having experiences and who want to talk with a person to seek help, to talk with someone who is going to be kind and non-judgmental. So the numbers are huge. Now, in the book, you, you draw a, a pretty clear line between abductee and contactee uh, and, and experiencer. Just explain the differences. Well... I did that because there are people who are insisting that everyone, regardless of what kind of experience they've had, is an abductee. There are others who are insisting that everyone is a contactee. Well, my background on contactees is that the individuals back in the 1950s who were having contact with benevolent space brothers were called contactees. That continues to today. There are still benevolent uh, non-humans that have a human appearance who are uh, taking people, uh, oftentimes with permission, and then there are people who are having out-of-body experiences, uh, they're astral projecting. They're having all kinds of contact, including uh, non-verbal communication, telepathic communication. Uh, and that is my definition of a contactee. On the other side, you have individuals who are being taken against their will. As far as they know, they have never given permission for this to happen. And if they want to call themselves abductees, I think that they have the right to their own experience and not to have somebody telling them that their experience was really very positive, even though they don't see it that way. So people have the right to own their own experience. And the word experiencer was actually coined by Dr. John Mack. And uh, I think that it is a wonderful term because it encompasses both contactees and abductees, everyone who falls along that spectrum. And I took part, actually headed up, uh, a research study through the Mutual UFO Network. It was a three-year study 
that I did with Dr. Don C. Dondary. Now, he uh, helped to develop and standardize the American Personality Inventory, which was designed to identify people who had the knowledge of alien abduction and who also uh, had the emotional signature of that. And he divided uh, the participants into three different groups, those who had alien abduction syndrome, those who were wannabes or uh, simulators, and then the third group were those who were members of the general population who didn't have a lot of knowledge about uh, contact and didn't uh, have any of the emotional signature uh, that uh, abductees have. And that was an important part of our study because those who were identified as having alien abduction syndrome had characteristics in common at a much higher rate than those who were contactees and those experiences overall. What is the emotional signature of an abductee? Uh, abductees can be traumatized. Uh, they certainly experience anxiety. They might have post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, that is why uh, it is so important for them to be able to work through the trauma, uh, the uncertainty that they've experienced, and to finally come to uh, terms with what is occurring. And that happens uh, both through work with a uh, licensed psychotherapist who might use uh, EMDR, emotional release therapy, or through a licensed practitioner who uh, is a uh, psychotherapist and does hypnosis as well. I recommend that for either of those, for individuals who have post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Once they work their way through that, then if they want to work with a certified hypnotherapist uh, or hypnotist, they'll be fine doing that. But it's really important to uh, be able to come to terms with what is happening and to overcome that trauma um, and that fear before uh, they go any further. What are some of the telltale signs? Aside, you know, let's assume someone has not undergone a regression, uh, for example. Uh, they have maybe gaps in time. They have you know, sleep disorders. But what are some of the other telltale signs that someone may have been abducted? Well, first of all, I want to say that uh, 70% of our abductee group had observed a UFO at 500 feet or less. That's a good indication that they have been taken. Uh, We also discovered that 60% were having generational contact. Now, 90% had all of the symptoms of sleep paralysis, uh, the uh, waking up, being paralyzed, unable to move anything except for their eyes, seeing shadowy figures, 
in their room, maybe disembodied, maybe they would see only the head, or maybe they were seeing geometric shapes. They would have a panicky sense. But we also asked, were you awake? Did you observe non-human entities in your environment, and then did you become paralyzed? Well, 60% of the abductees uh, said, yes, that had occurred. So that's uh, pretty good evidence that they've had uh, contact. And uh, other things um, might be that um, unusual patterned marks on their bodies and uh, having this sleep paralysis kind of experience. Uh, maybe they can even collect some evidence. And I always ask uh, anyone who contacts me to start keeping a diary. Keep it next to the bed. And whenever you feel that you've had ex an experience, write down everything that you remember. Because over time, you will uh, probably forget a lot of that. And so that's it's extremely important. It's like putting the pieces of a puzzle together. And that's uh, one of the reasons that I wrote Extraterrestrial Contact, What to Do When You've Been Abducted. We devote an entire chapter to how to investigate your own experiences. But uh, getting back to uh, the emotional impact that this has, uh, many people are uh, fear sleeping at night. They'll sleep with their lights on. Uh, they might have their television set running. Uh, if they have to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, they might remain in bed as long as they possibly can before uh, they'll get up and, and walk to the bathroom with great trepidation. Uh, there's a, a great deal of anxiety related to that. Uh, they might also feel anger and resentment toward those non-humans that they think are taking them. They might have memories of having uh, these figures in their room at night and they awake and feel wiped out or ill after um, having an encounter. They might have remembered finding themselves on a table in a craft with these non-humans around them. This happens to many, many people, and they remember that. Um, another thing is they fear that no one will believe them. So oftentimes they push this down, and by pushing it down, uh, they are increasing the level of trauma. So uh, they might have attempted to speak with family members and the family just laughed it off and asked them what they'd been drinking or suggested that they see a psychiatrist. Uh, also, this has happened when they've talked to friends. And so they feel so alone and isolated with their experience. And, and they know that they're not like other people. They want desperately to be able to return to the previous life where they were like others, but they are forever changed. So there are many, many uh, psychological characteristics that go along with alien abduction. 
With your experience or research in this study of 516 people, what other commonalities did you discover among abductees, whether we're talking about dem a certain demographic, uh, ethnicity, uh, IQ, uh, gender? Well, we covered all of that. We had 516 participants, 118 questions. And I have uh, talked a great deal about this in uh, one of my chapters in the book on social research findings. But briefly, 72% had contacts for the first time when they were less than 20. 54% uh, stated they had been taken uh, less than four times, 24% less than one time. But 10% uh, felt they had been taken more than 50 times. Um, they, uh, let's see, they had a sense, uh, they sensed that contact was imminent. Sometimes they would hear kind of a buzzing kind of tone in their heads that was different than tinnitus. Uh, it's kind of a high-pitched sound, and they might notice that when they speak with other experiencers, both of them hear that sound at the same time. Um, they might feel energy, they might feel nervousness as they anticipate being taken. And when they feel that they will be, they indeed are. 58% of the experiencers and 65% of the abductees uh, had missing time, and the average amount of missing time was two hours. But there were some who were taken for only an hour, and there were some who were taken for several days at a time, such as, you know, Travis Walton was. Um, there are health problems that are related to contact. Fifty-three percent of the abductee group had health problems such as migraine headaches at a highly elevated level, nosebleeds, chronic fatigue and immune dysfunction syndrome at a highly elevated level, even though it's less than 1% in the general population. Um, so uh, quite prevalent there. We asked about paranormal events. 61% uh, of the experiencers in general, and 50% of the abductees had paranormal experiences in their homes. The most prevalent was observing lighted orbs in their environment that appeared to have intelligence. The next most prevalent uh, paranormal experience was the feeling that something unseen was walking on their bed. Uh, most said that they had uh, had a formal religion, that they practiced their religion, uh, but as a result of their experiences, 69% of the general experiencer population became more spiritual, 86% of the abductees did. Uh, they also are empathic, they become more psychic, and uh, they can communicate telepathically with these non-human entities. You mentioned health, uh, ill health uh, effects. Uh, did anyone report healing of any sort? 
Yes, they did. In fact, 45% of our abductee population reported that there had been healing in their lives or in the the lives of family members, where it was only 10% with the overall experiencer group. What percentage reported the abduction uh, as something negative, uh, perhaps even uh, evil? Well, um, 65% of the abductees and 48% of the experiencers in general said that the demeanor was business-like and that uh, their attitude varied depending upon the type of entity that was working with them. Um, with regard to uh, hostile and uh, sadistic, uh, less than 6%. Uh, the evil entities, 11%. And uh, we asked, do you want it to stop? Would you want this to stop today? If you could, 71% of the experiencers said they did not want their experiences to stop, and it jumped to 75% for abductees. So the events could not have been that bad if they uh, wanted them to continue. So does the post-traumatic stress, uh, does that come from not knowing what was going on, and that once they understand that they're an abductee, those feelings abate? Uh, Yes, that is true. And let me give you an example where there was a lot of confusion. Uh, I recently worked with uh, a woman who was part of an abduction experience that was three people who were taken. They were outside at night looking for a UFO, trying to call one in. One did show up. Uh, It was moving erratically next to the moon. They had all sorts of recording equipment. They had uh, a video recorder on the ground. They had uh, cameras. They had uh, other types of recording devices with them. And uh, the craft Uh, was moving erratically and seemed to be coming closer. The next thing they knew, they were standing on the wet grass, and they were weaving back and forth. They felt nauseated, and the equipment they had been holding in their hands was now lying on the ground behind them. The video camera, though, had continued to operate and uh, recorded photographs of what actually occurred, including photographs of a couple of non-human entities. But what uh, the one of these experiencers that I worked with personally did was developed post-traumatic stress disorder and had EMDR, emotional release therapy. She then came to me, uh, but before she came to me, through EMDR therapy, she was able to remember much more about what happened. She remembered finding herself on a craft after she was struck by a beam of of blue light. And on this craft, there were entities that were very human-looking. They had uh, long, 
light brown hair that was pulled back, human features, brown eyes, but their eyes were larger than human eyes. The men had perfectly chiseled noses. These were very good-looking, and they were all about six feet tall. The men were dressed in uh, blue bodysuits with a chevron on their chest. One of them had a couple of lines under the chevron. The women were dressed in beautiful opalescent uh, white uh, suits, a little bit looser than the men's. And uh, she was still fearful when she was on the craft. They placed some kind of appliance on her that seemed like a thick felt, and it calmed her down immediately. And uh, in the end, she discovered that these individuals had known her, they said, through all lifetimes. They said that they had contact with her from the time she was a little girl. She had thought that her house was haunted and there were, she was seeing ghosts. It was actually them. And they told her that at one point they had actually lived on our planet, but that they uh, had had to move on when our environment was no longer able to sustain the population that we had here. They uh, had the knowledge and the technology to travel into space, and that is what they did. They found a new planet and that's where they lived, but they came back uh, to Earth from t- to time to time in order to assist in our development and to look over those individuals that they had known from previous lifetimes. So this includes reincarnation, too, apparently. Um, and uh, she went away feeling uh, much, much better. I mean, she was now a contactee not an abductee, but initially she had suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder just because she didn't have the memory of what had happened. And there is so much negativity in the popular media. Uh, You know, fear sells. And so that is what is portrayed most often is how horrifying this is, how terrible it is, how people are having terrible things done to them. And nothing was done to her at all except for to helping her to calm down, to treat her very kindly, and to give her information. More of my conversation with Kathleen Martin when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. I've been telling you all about Life Change Tea and Formula 13 teas now for months, but since I'm in Greece and living right by the sea, I thought I'd like to take a minute and tell you about a couple of products I found on GetTheTea.com that come from the sea. Ocean Sleep utilizes Regulus, a breakthrough new ingredient only available through Potent Sea. Regulus is an all-natural, bioavailable form of calcium and magnesium, which helps you enjoy a sound and refreshing sleep with no side effects. Ocean Sleep also acts as a gentle digestion aid. 
and marine aminos, a genuine new discovery that's recently been registered with the FDA as a new ingredient for dietary supplement, extracted from the meat of sustainable fished marine mollusks. Marine aminos are among the most condensed and purest forms of proteins on earth. There's so much more to getthetea.com than tea. Don't get me wrong, the teas are fantastic. But take a minute and explore getthetea.com. Keep an eye out for monthly specials and use the code word UNLIMITED to get free shipping on your first purchase. And don't forget to get your tea from getthetea.com. As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard, you know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Kathleen Marden, the niece of alien abductees Betty and Barney Hill, is here. What percentage, and I don't know if you have data on this, but what percentage of abductees come to believe that they did in fact give consent for their abduction perhaps in another life? Well, I have to tell you that I have to take anecdotal evidence from Dolores Cannon. Dolores Cannon was a brilliant woman, uh, a hypnotist who developed over a period of 40 years the quantum healing hypnosis technique. I was so very interested in the work that she did that even though I was a hypnotherapist traditionally trained, I trained in using the quantum healing hypnosis technique, and I'm now a master level practitioner in that technique. But she started to work with experiencers many, many years ago. She's been deceased now for several years. Um, through the Mutual UFO Network just to, to help out in Arkansas where she lived. And she saw more and more uh, people who had contact with the Greys, and they told her time and time again that they had made a contract before they came into this lifetime to work with the Greys who were attempting to upgrade the human genome in order to um, move humans along uh, on an evolutionary scale and on a spiritual level to a higher dimension so that life would be easier on this planet. And I have worked with many experiencers now, and I have to tell you that nearly everyone has stated that either they made a contract in a previous lifetime or just before they came into this lifetime, or they also had contact in a previous lifetime, or they are the reincarnation of an ET that has come to this planet uh, to live in a human body. Now, you did this uh, experiencer research with MUFON, this 516 um, people study group. How did the findings yeah. compare to the study that was done by Edgar Mitchell's Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Encounters? Because you're on the board of directors and you're a research consultant. Yes, I worked on that study. I helped to develop the questions in phase one of the study. Uh, free study 
was uh, much larger than the mutual UFO networks. They uh, had a, just a general survey, and in phase two and three and four, they uh, continued to have surveys. There were no psychological measures given such as we did. But uh, Free ended up with having 4,000 participants from around the world, and their findings were very much the same as MUFON's findings. Uh, they had uh, a slightly higher level of individuals who stated that they would not want contact to stop. Uh, it was uh, in the 80 percentile, percentile, maybe a little more, as opposed to 71 percent uh, with MUFON overall, but the findings were very much consistent. So I think that's a good indication that both studies were very good. For the minority that, that do want it to stop, what advice do you give them in the book? Well, I have devoted one entire chapter to uh, what to do when you want it to stop. And so I've talked about uh, the reasons that people might uh, be having these experiences, the negative experiences, um, and I wanted them first to be able to assess what is going on in their lives. Because, and I, I would like to just read a little tiny bit here. Um, I said, have you ever made a survey of the descriptive terms used by the popular media when UFOs are the topic of discussion? You'll find words like bone-chilling, horrifying, terrifying, screaming, horrendous, ghastly, dreadful, and terrible. What message do you think is being embedded in the public's mind? It is clear that we are being conditioned to experience fear and dread in association with UFOs and non-human intelligent contact. Uh, no written mainstream publication or video mentions words such as delightful, reassuring, encouraging, helpful, beneficial, heartwarming, or wonderful when describing contact with non-human intelligent entities. Uh, so we are being conditioned to expect the negative. And I went on from there to talk about different types of experiences. Uh, you have to use this book. There's a workbook at the end of every chapter. Uh, and you have to determine whether your experiences are truly with extraterrestrial entities or are your experiences with non-human, interdimensional, negative entities from the astral realm, what some people might call demons? Uh, it's important to find, to get the answer to that. Um, and I talk about uh, how your vibrational frequency and the things that you put into your body and your overall outlook uh, can contribute uh, to what is happening if you're having contact with these negative interdimensionals. So I've uh, listed a dozen uh, different suggestions on what you can do to end this. And I started with the easiest one, 
which is just call upon a higher power. If you have these entities in your room, call upon a higher power. It doesn't matter if you're a religious person or not. You can call upon the highest intelligence. But uh, try that because it works for many people. Uh, And uh, even if you are having contact with extraterrestrials, Uh, If you call upon a higher power and they are benevolent beings, then they will leave. And I've talked to many, many people that I have suggested this to, and they've notified me that it has worked. So this is the the easiest and uh, first suggestion to try. Uh, You can go on from there, you know, if you have determined that you're having contact with these negative interdimensionals and that they're not extraterrestrials and you just want to rid your life of them, then you need to work on yourself. If you're using alcohol or abusing alcohol, uh, that lowers your vibrational frequency. And you can um, make yourself more easily to attach to as food for these non-humans. If you're suffering, if you're in a great deal of pain and you're taking uh, opioids uh, for that, then uh, you are lowering your vibrational frequency and these non-human entities feed off fear. They feed off pain. They feed off human suffering. And the best way to end that is to do everything you can to raise your vibrational frequency. Uh, You can do that by going to YouTube and listening to some uh, very nice healing uh, and uh, highly spiritual types of uh, meditations to try to meditate, uh, to try to raise your own uh, vibrational frequency and to become a happier person. If that isn't working, then you'll have to take the next step. And that is you'll have to see a a shaman or a light worker, uh, a rainbow healer, uh, or even to see uh, someone who, uh, from the clergy, who help you. And Denise Stoner, my co-author on the Alien Abduction Files, is on my team at MUFON's Experiencer Research Team, and she heads up that part of our team. So she has uh, suggestions of people that you can go to from the paranormal clergy, and also we have another fundamentalist Christian who is coming on board to, to help people as well. And so, you know, this is very good news for people who are having these problems and, and want them to end. But the first thing that we have to do is to ascertain that it's not a psychiatric problem, right, that it right. is indeed an attachment. You read a chapter on uh, going public. Do you think it's important for, for abductees to go public if... I mean, if they're prepared to, is there what what what's the benefit for them? Because uh, you know they're obviously going to be subjected to a great deal of ridicule. Is there an upside? 
I can't say that there is an upside to going public. It's easier today than it was years ago. And I uh, had told an experiencer at one of the uh, symposiums that I was speaking at that I was writing this book, and she said, will you, will you please write a chapter on what to do about if you wanted to go, to pu- go public, if you wanted to write a book? And so I did that, and I give a lot of feedback for experiencers uh, on what to do, what to look out for, um, what the steps to follow if you're interested in writing a book. But the main thing is I recommend just joining a support group. MUFON, again, the Experience to Research team has a list of support groups. Uh, we have three online support groups. Two are run by members of our team. Uh, so uh, there are other ways that you can go public in a very limited way. And talking publicly after you talk to a member of the ERT uh, is very, very healing as long as you're not uh, experiencing a significant amount of trauma related to your experiences. Do you ever think, you know, given the amount of the resources that are available now, you mentioned the support groups, and now we have, uh, you know, clinical hypnotherapists uh, who can who can assist. How things might have been so much easier for Betty and Barney Hill, your aunt and uncle, if they were to have had their abduction today. Oh, absolutely. It would have been so much easier. You know, they were the first that we knew of. Uh, We have found individuals who had contact before Betty and Barney, but no one knew about it in in that earlier time frame. Uh, You know, Betty and Barney suffered greatly, particularly Barney, because he was the one who had conscious recall of walking into that field, looking through his binoculars and observing those non-human entities, making preparations uh, to capture him. He was convinced that that is what was going to happen. He went screaming back to the car to Betty that they had to get out of there or they were going to be captured. And sure enough, that craft came right back over their car Um, They heard a series of buzzing sounds, code-like buzzing sounds, that caused the car to vibrate and for a tingling sensation to pass through their bodies. The next thing they knew, they were 35 miles down the highway, remembering only a fiery orb that seemed to be sitting on the ground and a roadblock somewhere along the way. When they arrived home, Betty's clothing was torn. Betty's, Barney's best dress shoes were so deeply scraped that he had to buy new shoes. The binocular strap was broken. Their watches were broken. Uh, Betty's best dress was torn in several places, and then a pink powdery substance grew on it. Uh, so much evidence, so many questions, uh, and so much fear, because no one knew what was going on. No one knew the modus operandi. No one knew anything about this. And uh, so much disbelief in, the, in that time frame. 
uh, traumatized experiencers even more than the experience itself did. There were some very nasty disinformants whose job it was uh, to destroy people's lives, to make them laughing stocks, to cast them as liars and attention seekers. So it was a very, very difficult time for those early experiencers such as Betty and Barney, uh, such as Travis Walton, Charlie Hickson and Calvin Parker, uh, the uh, four men from the Allagash, the Allagash abduction, uh, so many others who were taken in that time frame, especially during the 70s. That was a, a time when they were taking a lot of people who, and they were experiencing trauma. And Bud Hopkins became involved in that time tra- frame just trying to find out if this was real, uh, looking for evidence, hypnotizing people and, and uh, looking at their stories and finding there was consistency in their stories. So those early pioneers of research were, you know, just looking for the evidence that it was real. Today, we know it's real. Um, and we're uh, looking for what is going on and why. It's the messages that are so important today. How do people get a hold of extraterrestrial contact? What to do when you've been abducted? Well, you can get an autographed copy of my book on my website at Kathleen-Marden, M-A-R-D-E-N, dot com, and Kathleen begins with a K. Uh, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can order the book there. It's available both in hard copy and also as uh, an e-book. So that's another way that you can purchase it. I recommend the hard copy, though, because the end of each chapter has a worksheet, um, and it really helps people to come to terms with what is going on in their lives. Kathleen, thank you so much for this. A real pleasure. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for having me on. Okay, before I say goodnight to the moon over the Parthenon, I'll be back in a flash with a few words about an upcoming episode. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me, and all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet patreon.com forward slash strange planet coming up next on conspiracy unlimited amazing true stories of schoolyard ufo encounters until then i'm richard serrett so long for now kalinichta 
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>